0: This is Warner Lewis and welcome to another edition of Lewis at Large, smart talk and conversation with talented people from all walks of life. A reminder to subscribe to these Lewis at Large podcasts, go to Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. And if you like the podcast, hey, let others know about it. For context, my interview with Michael Blanding was recorded in June of 2021. Very pleased to have. Uh, for the first time uh, behind our microphones, Michael Blanding. He is a Boston-based investigative journalist. Uh, his work has appeared in The New York Times, Wired, Slate, Boston Globe, Magazine, Boston Magazine, amongst others. Uh, he is a prolific author, uh, and he also is a former journalism fellow at Brandeis University and Harvard Law School, He's taught feature writing at Tufts University, Emerson College, And Grub Street writers, amongst other things. But our task today, uh, we will be talking to him about an interesting, interesting new work called North by Shakespeare. Uh, What is that all about? We will find that out soon. Michael Blanding, uh, how are you, my friend? I am fine, thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, behind the scenes, this has been quite a a Yowin's effort to get us together, but we're pleased (laughs) to to be here with you. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Again, Boston-based investigative journalist. I guess the question, uh, just to start us off here a little bit, tell our Lewis at Large listeners, if you would, uh, what brought you to journalism and what's the definition of investigative journalist versus the sort of garden variety reporter?
1: Yeah, sure. I have always loved writing, you know, ever since I was a kid. I've been a writer and uh in college I, I really focused on fiction writing and thought I was gonna write, you know, the great next great American novel. And then I realized that uh my fiction wasn't all that great, but I still love writing. And after college, I discovered journalism and realized, you know, the old adage that truth is stranger than fiction. It was uh so much more interesting for me to write about real people doing uh, real things and give me an excuse to talk to, to people about it. And uh, I just fell in love with journalism and, and haven't looked back. And, uh, you know, particularly investigative journalism is really diving deep into a subject I spend Weeks, months, even years working on on a story and uh, really explore all aspects of it and and then write you know write about it in a long form uh, way that hopefully makes it engaging to the reader
0: well this uh, this new work that you have uh, North by Shakespeare. Uh, is really a fascinating premise, uh, and the and the the highest of views is that you know what maybe Shakespeare wasn't that original. Maybe some, some of <laughs> right. these ideas, if not some literal, some of the literal lines themselves, came uh, from outside sources. Give our mm-hmm. give our Lewis at large listeners here, if you would, a little bit of setup behind the concept of it here, and how you came across it, and what made you to feel like I really want to pursue this.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, the question the book
1: the book asks really is, what if Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare, but someone else wrote him first? Which is to say that um, the the premise that I that I look into in the book is is that Shakespeare wrote all the plays. That, you know, there's no question that that Shakespeare from Stratford of Avon uh, wrote the plays, but um, that he actually used these earlier works by this other writer by the name of Sir Thomas North and actually adapted them into many of the works that we know today. And it's not a theory I came up with. This is a uh, independent scholar by the name of Dennis McCarthy, who has spent uh, more than 15 years looking into this, and he approached me uh, a few years ago and told me about this theory. And at first I thought he was crazy, you know, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, you know, why do you have to complicate things? But he just started showing me all of this evidence that really supported this idea that Shakespeare Took, uh, much of his language and, and even plots, characters, uh, themes from the work of this other writer and I just became hooked on it and, and I became, uh, just as fascinated and obsessed with, uh, with getting to the truth as, as he has been and, and the result is this book.
0: Michael, let me ask you something. Uh, because I'm not a Shakespeare scholar, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. I, I wasn't either. <laughs> I, I, wasn't I either when right. I started out. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Has there been, uh, in, in the general work before we dive too deep into the book, has has there been underlying amongst the Shakespeare scholar community uh, this theory, and has it been thought of, and are there, uh, is there a school of thought out there, even in addition to this, that, that this very well could be the case?
1: yeah well, you know scholars have long known that Shakespeare used other sources for his plays, and that he not only used other uh, sources like novels and and uh, and other um stories, but that he actually adapted older plays into the plays that we know today and and would take them and rewrite them. So it's not completely unheard of that someone would think this. And today there's there's even a lot of scholarship that looks at Shakespeare as a collaborator with other writers, and and doesn't look at him as this kind of just lone genius that you know we all think of him from from grade school. But where the where this new theory by Dennis McCarthy is really controversial and has gotten some people very upset and, and angry is this idea that Shakespeare took all of his plays from the the earlier plays of this other writer, Sir Thomas North, and that's the thing that. Uh, you know, starts getting dangerously close to this idea that maybe Shakespeare, as you say, wasn't so original and, and didn't actually write the plays himself. And, and that's sort of gotten the Shakespeare community up in arms. So that's kind of what I explore. Not only do I look into the evidence that, that McCarthy is a but I also look at how he's been received by the, the broader Shakespeare community at large and kind of go on this journey with him to, to, to see if he can try to convince other people about his ideas.
0: Again, if you just joined us, yours truly, Warner Lewis, as always, from the flight deck uh, Lewis at large. Got a good one going here with Michael Blanding. He is an investigative journalist. Uh, you have seen his work in The New York Times, The Boston Globe, Boston Magazine, amongst others. He is a prolific author. We are talking specifically uh, about a relatively new work called North by Shakespeare, the premise of which is... William Shakespeare did a little plagiarism, and not all of the work that we read from him and we credit to him may not necessarily have been his original idea. Uh, I guess, uh, Michael, the other question becomes: is Dennis McCarthy, uh, where do you, as an investigative journalist yourself, how, tell us about his credibility and where would he stumble across or what is his claim, <laughs> what's it, what is he backing his th- theory on?
1: Yeah, Dennis is a really fascinating character. He's sort of a literary obsessive, I would call him. And uh that was one of the reasons I wanted to write the book, was as much to kind of profile him and his quest as as uh profile, you know, the uh the life of this of this writer that he's researching. But he um is actually not trained as a as an academic or a scholar. In fact, he's even a college dropout. But he is remarkably intelligent and um, really adept with uh, using computers and computer databases. And he kind of broke into two scholarly fields. Um, First, he was writing about uh, science and and evolution and and the geography of evolution, and he published academic papers on that and became very well-respected in that field. And then about 15 years ago, he turned to Shakespeare, and he started with this question of... um, who wrote the original version of uh, Shakespeare's play Hamlet, which uh, scholars know that there was actually a source play that Shakespeare based his version of Hamlet on. And the more he started looking into it and the more he started using these computer databases and, and examining these these contemporary references, all signs pointed to this other writer, Sir Thomas North. And then he started finding all these other references to, uh, to Thomas North, and, and eventually he started... Um, Doing uh, sort of sophisticated uh, word analysis and and plagiarism analysis between Shakespeare's plays and and North's uh, published and unpublished writings, and and you know they just keep coming up with hits, uh, hit after hit after hit, and uh, that really um, that really convinced them that there was something there that scholars hadn't hadn't realized before, and it kind of took an outsider to see it.
0: What uh, again? You've done a lot of investigative work. You've done a lot of who-done-its. You've done a lot of Mm -hmm. if A equals B and B equals C, does A really equal C or not? Based on what you see, uh, besides sort of sharing the story, sharing the theory, Mm -hmm. uh, do you are you? comfortable uh in your skin, believing that this in fact is the truth, or are we still left with some questions about it mm. mm, we're not totally sure about this
1: yeah, I mean, I try to maintain my
0: objectivity as a journalist throughout the book and and i
1: I lay out all the facts and i you know I really leave it to the reader to decide. but I have to say, I wouldn't have written the book, and I wouldn't have put my own reputation on the line as a as a journalist had I not thought that there was really something there and i don't know if he's 100% correct in what he's found but i really do believe that he's that he's stumbled upon something that is truly monumental and could really change the way that we read shakespeare's plays and not only uh did have i looked at all the evidence that that he's a mess but as a as a good journalist i went into the archives myself and i did a lot of my own research and i discovered some things which i lay out in the book that uh, really supported his theories that he didn't even know about. And that's when I really started saying, like, okay, you know, this can't all be coincidence. There's something here that uh, that is really, um, really, truly monumental and really um, that I think the world needs to know about. And, and that's why I wrote the book.
0: As you did your research, uh, in addition to sort of some of the mystery and, and the story about Dennis McCarthy, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious as to those that you talk to within the sort of Shakespeare literary community and Mm -hmm. those who study him in a more traditional fashion, what kind of reaction did that? Is this all, oh, that's BS, we've heard this one for (laughs) years, or oh, wow, yeah, I get it? What, what, What was their reaction? Well,
1: Dennis has one scholar who has um, really become convinced, and, and she's um, she's a very uh, well-respected scholar at Lafayette College in Pennsylvania, and she was an editor of a Shakespeare journal. And she's gone gotten, gotten in with him 100% and has actually co-written books with him and, and papers with him, and her name's June Schluter. And uh, so I spent a lot of time with her and, and you know, uh, talking to her about what it was that convinced her but I have to say that uh, the majority of Shakespeare scholars really are opposed to to Dennis and June and, and their theories. And what's what was really fascinating to me was just to see the level of animosity that, that they show towards him, which almost becomes personal. And, and it's not about, well, you know, your research is flawed or you say this when it's really that, but it's more like, how dare you... In tune, the reputation of, you know, the immortal bard, uh, William Shakespeare. And, and that became really fascinating to me as a journalist to examine that and to, and to look at, you know, what is it about Shakespeare that is, uh, makes people so emotional and so invested in this idea of you know, the Bard of Avon and William Shakespeare as, as, you know, the greatest author who ever lived. And so that was really, really fascinating for me to explore in the book as well.
0: So what are those that follow Shakespeare casually, those that have enjoyed his mm-hmm. writings, uh, those that also take him seriously, what, uh, what, are, what are they to make of all of this? Mm. Uh, as this sort of—you've asked a gigantic question uh, yeah. with lots of with sort of leaving it uh, open there for discussion and analysis—
1: yeah, I try to make the book uh really fun to read. I, I realize that, that Shakespeare isn't isn't everybody's uh cup of tea, but um he's so influential in our culture and his stories and his plays have been, you know, repeatedly performed and adapted, you know, so much that it's um, you know, really, um really a part of our of our language and our and our culture. And you know, it's it's really important to understand how and why these plays may have been written, and to examine them through this new lens and go on this kind of literary uh, mystery and, and try to solve this literary mystery. Um, really offers some new insights that that actually change the changes the interpretation of some of the plays and causes causes me to look at them in new ways, and and uh, you know I hope causes the reader to look at them in new ways as well, and. For me, I think that's the that's the greatest value. Whether or not you completely uh, believe in McCarthy's theories, or you think it was Sir Thomas North, or you know the Earl of Oxford, or, or someone else, um, just engaging with the plays and really considering them in a new way, I think, um, opens up you know really rich. Uh, possibilities and how we interpret them. And, and so for that reason alone I think it's worth considering.
0: Right. And again, there, there's three of them. Uh, again, Hamlet, Macbeth, and Romeo and Juliet. Those are well, well, high-profile works uh, of oh, right. literature. And what I'm curious about is, uh, again, my, the understanding is that some of these may have been sold or some, of, mm-hmm. some material may have been sold, and some of it was maybe, in some ways, almost biographical about uh, Sir yeah. Thomas North himself. It, right. I'm, I'm wonder, what I'm wondering at the time, when these works were released, was North still alive, and if so, did people recognize parallels then?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, there have been all these questions about Shakespeare over the years. You know, starting um, starting many years ago, people asking, you know, centuries ago, really, people asking, you know, could Shakespeare have written these plays? He was, uh, you know, the son of a glove maker from Stratford, didn't have a college education, didn't move in court circles, hadn't traveled outside England, and, you know, all of these elements in the plays about soldiers fighting at war and court politics and intrigue, it just seemed, you know, beyond uh, someone with his background. And so people have put forward all these theories about these other possible writers of the plays, like Earl of Oxford or, or someone else, but but those really never quite matched up either. And what McCarthy has done is really kind of come up with a, a entirely new way to um, To answer this mystery and say Shakespeare wrote the plays, but he bought these plays from this other writer, Thomas North, who actually led this amazing life and was a diplomat and a soldier and traveled and, and you know had a position at court and uh, you know really had the experience to write these plays and yet um, at the time it really there really wasn 't the same kind of notion of plagiarism that we have today that Shakespeare could have bought these plays and adapted them and reworked them and put his name on it and it was a completely legitimate thing to do that nobody would have really uh been upset about. And so it's it's a really it's a really kind of neat, um, almost elegant explanation for this this mystery that um, you know, could really answer a lot of uh questions if if, if it can be believed, and that's and that's a big if
0: so here's a i guess the question is again we just mentioned yeah. hamlet macbeth and romeo and juliet mm-hmm. uh, so are we saying that not all of the well-known works were plagiarized or semi-plagiarized however you want to put it uh, only a select few and or or tell us about that where does it sort of start and stop
1: yeah, no, McCarthy believes that that almost every one of the plays that we know as Shakespeare were originally um came from a source plays by Thomas North. And that's where it becomes, you know, really hard to swallow for people. And they say, okay, you know, maybe he adapted, you know, a couple of plays by this other writer. We know that he adapted source plays, you know, maybe some of them were by North. But uh McCarthy's pretty adamant that there was this whole body of work and it was written several decades before Shakespeare's career. And North was writing these plays for um this uh this court court company um that was uh run by this this noble called the Earl of leicester and as a the as a gentleman himself, North wouldn't have put his name on these plays it was very you know playwriting back then was looked upon as a sort of low art that if you were a gentleman, you didn't really admit to doing it. So he could have had these plays and and written them, and they could have uh, been performed, and then later sold to to Shakespeare, who then you know adapted them for the public stage and and put his name on it and and you know got got the fame for it. So um, it's um, you know it's it's definitely a controversial theory. It's a bold theory, but um, like I say, he's, he's amassed a lot of a lot of evidence to uh, to suggest that might be true.
0: Yeah. Uh, Again, we're with Michael Blanding. Uh, He is an investigative journalist, a very prolific writer, numerous works, and you've seen them in a variety of uh, different uh, media outlets. But we're talking specifically about a brand new work called North by Shakespeare, uh, which is sort of tackling the theory that Shakespeare did, in fact, uh, use source material from others and either things that he bought or things that he experienced and saw firsthand that he lifted and used on his own. At the time, uh, for those of us that are not that deeply involved here, was Shakespeare? Did he have a reputation already at some level as being a pretty sound quality writer? Well, that's just the thing:
1: is that you know we have his name on the title page of, of a number of plays, about a dozen plays, but apart from that, there there's no one who is a contemporary of him who knew him who who calls him a writer. There's no letters that he's written. There's no books that were left in his will. His children were illiterate. You know, there's all these questions about whether Shakespeare actually was a writer or not. And, you know, he may have just been an actor or a theater producer. And, you know, uh, Dennis McCarthy actually believes that he was a writer, but that he was more of an adapter than he was a, a an original writer himself. So it's almost like uh, a director adapting a screenplay or or something that uh, you know, there's obviously some genius to that and, and he doesn't sort of take any credit away from Shakespeare as uh as somebody who was able to put these these amazing plays together and make them, you know, the plays that we know today um and, and that are still performed, but that they were based on these original, more courtly, more kind of literary manuscripts by this other writer, Sir Thomas Norris.
0: So, the next time you pick up a copy of Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet, you might think, well, who really wrote this? I suppose, in some some odd manner, it really doesn't matter, uh, I suppose, but uh, a wonderful food for thought. Again, the work is called North by Shakespeare. Uh, very, very fascinating uh, concept here, reported boldly and expertly by Michael Blanding. Michael, uh, before we uh, get out of here, how can people pick? up a copy of this thing. And uh, you've done a lot of other writing uh, and contributions. Where can they find out more about you? Yeah, so folks can
1: go to my website, michaelblanding.com, and uh, there are links to purchasing uh, my book and, and my past books and and uh, articles and, and all of that stuff. And they can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram as well.
0: Well, we appreciate your contribution, appreciate your time with us today. Best of luck with this thing. Uh my gosh! What uh, I know you're working this project pretty hard, but what uh, what's maybe in the future for you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm always on the hunt for, for the next big story. There's one about uh, da Vinci I'm looking at right now. So right from, <laughs>
0: right
1: from the world's greatest writer to the world's greatest painter, but I, I, won't, uh, I won't spoil that one yet.
0: So da Vinci stole somebody's paintings and put his own name on it. Yeah, okay, I love it. Hey, listen, Not quite, but yeah. <laughs> I won't, I'll say no more. <laughs> hey, have a great uh, 2021. Thanks for much again for uh, sharing some time with us today, and best of luck with the book.
1: Thanks so much. Great to talk to
0: you. Well, thanks for joining us for this installment of Lewis at Large. We add new conversations every week, and we like hearing from you. You can contact us via email at warnerflewis1.com at gmail.com. That's warnerflewis1 at gmail.com. And you can find out more at lewisatlarge.com or on the Lewis at Large Facebook page. And remember to subscribe to Lewis at Large. Check out Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. Now go have a great day.